This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach! Give me great food. Tacos! Give me adventure. Hiking! Give me a date night. Sunset cruise! Give me some smiles. Cheese! Give me more beaches. Beaches! What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hello and welcome to Savor, production of iHeartRadio. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And today we're talking about Scrapple. Yes, Scrapple. Uh, requested, <laughs> a lot of you have requested this, which I absolutely love because as we're going to get into, this is a very region-specific thing. It is, yeah. Um, I've never heard of Scrapple. <laughs> I've never had Scrapple. <laughs> I keep thinking people mean Snapple or Scrabble. Oh, wow. every time, like, I've looked it up because when listeners send it, I'm like, huh, is that a funny typo? And I'll (laughs) go search it. And I I think I've done this five times. And every time I'm surprised by, oh, that's what Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, see, this is so funny to me because I am from, like, the the relatively uh, narrow band of the United States that Scrapple originated in and is popular in um, because I was I was born in Ohio and and even lived in like the Poconos for a minute when I was a kid so uh, so yeah I this is a dish that I'm familiar with from my childhood and uh, you know aside from visiting Philly as an adult like I never get it anymore because it doesn't really it doesn't really exist outside of that one like mid-Atlantic area um, the next time you're in Philly, Dude, go get some. Also, man, like, like get some, like, red-eye gravy in there. Just, like, eat everything at the Reading Terminal Market. Go to there and get one of each. Done. 
<laughs> this is a task I can't accomplish and I will happily undertake. <laughs> I, you clearly don't understand how many foods there are at the Reading Terminal Market, but I appreciate your enthusiasm. <laughs> <laughs> I will give it my best. I've done similar things before. <laughs> Oh, um, apparently November, apparently we're so late uh, because November is oh. National Scrapple Month. Um, November 9th in particular is National Scrapple Day. Hashtag 2000 and late. No. Oh. Meow. <laughs> but oh, I, I guess this brings us to our question. I love the idea that some of you listeners, I guarantee, have no idea what we're talking about. So this is actually going to be enlightening for you. Yeah, yeah. Scrapple. What is it? Well, uh, scrapple is a type of like pork-based meatloaf. Um, it, it's it's a loaf made with ground pork, cornmeal, sometimes buckwheat flour or wheat flour, and seasoned with uh, savory herbs like sage or thyme or coriander or marjoram or um savory, uh, plus salt and black pepper. Sometimes stuff like garlic and onion makes its way in there. Sometimes uh, dairy products. Sometimes uh, sweet stuff like maple syrup. It's a it's a highly personalized choice of what you put in there and highly uh, geographically uh, um, specific. Yeah. Uh, so so you 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 put all that stuff together. It's molded into a loaf, and then that loaf is sliced and pan fried and often served as a breakfast protein with a with a maple syrup or other sugary stuff like apple butter or molasses or table syrup for a topping. Although sweet toppings, depending on where you are are slightly controversial. Um, <laughs> I, un- I understand that uh, savory toppings like a pepper or a green tomato relish um, or a ketchup or Old Bay sauce are also, depending on where you are, controversial. Mm-hmm. Love it. <laughs> uh, it can be served uh, plain as like a side dish or um, or on a sandwich. So good. Um and the pork that you use can be any cut, really, but it's best to have a good blend of um, meat and fat and collagen um, because you want that, that loaf, you know, to, to, to gel up, right? Um, and so you can get that by cooking down uh, bone, skin, tough cuts of meat, stuff like that. Organ meat can be involved, too, like liver, which will give the final product a more like, um, like pate-like flavor, a little bit more mineral to it. And um, so, so to, to, to make it, you simmer your, your pork products and your spices until you've made a good broth and, and the meat is, like, super tender. Um, then you strain the pork from the broth um, and cook the cornmeal and any other grains that you're using in the broth. Then grind the pork stuff and add it back in. When the grains are cooked through and, and, the, and the batter is thick, you pour the batter into a loaf pan and chill it until solid. Um, and then after that, you can cut off slices as needed and fry them up, usually like low and slow, until they're golden brown. And oh, the result is like tender and fatty and kind of melty with this layer of crisp from the fry. So warming and savory and salty and oh, it's like a breakfast pork sausage meatloaf like a like a <laughs> fried breakfast pate um mm. it's like pennsylvania's like homemade answer to spam um though it's which i which might be a turn off for some people too but for anyone who understands the joy of like a really good um like like fried spam slice yeah. then you understand what i'm talking about it's a little bit softer than spam though typically spam is a little bit more like um like gelled i guess 
Mm. I'm, I'm making this gesture with my yeah. hand, like a like a yeah. Muppet, like a, like I'm making my hand talk like a Muppet, and yes. that and a you can't see it, and and b I'm not <laughs> sure if it's actually communicating anything. <laughs> um, well, I I do know that there is uh, like a southern version that's very similar to this liver mush. Oh, and then there's yeah. like a kind of Ohio area one that's like Geta, Goetta. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um yeah, the Ohio version is made with uh with oats instead of usually uh cornmeal and or buckwheat. Um and I've heard that yeah, the the the, the southern mush is a very similar dish. If I if you had asked me before we did this research and I had to guess what scrapple was, I thought it was like an apple dessert crackers <laughs> i don't know why crackers are involved though huh um huh. <laughs> something some memory is rolling around up in there maybe i'll uh maybe i mean I'll. they are frequently like another popular area um especially pennsylvania area breakfast side dish are stewed or fried apples so may- maybe maybe like you have somewhere in the past seen a photograph that's giving me more credit than I would give me, and I appreciate it. <laughs> I have no idea. I think it might just be because Snapple, and I guess Apple. Sure. <laughs> Snapple, Apple, Scrapple. Scrapple. <laughs> yeah. It. Yeah. Huh. But all right, it is not, in fact, that. No. <laughs> no. What about the nutrition? Uh, it depends, on cor- of course, on how you make it, um, but it tends to be a nutrient-dense food. Uh, you know, lots of vitamins and minerals, punch of protein, heavy on the fats, um, watch your portion sizes, eat a vegetable. Yes. Yeah. Always eat a vegetable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do have a few numbers for you, even though this is a very specific thing. <laughs> we do, we do. Yeah, so this is... For a long time, Scrapple's been a food of convenience and thrift. Um, it's often been derided because of that. And uh, now, though, it is appearing more and more on upscale menus. The owner of one of these restaurants offering Scrapple at one of these, yeah, upscale, on more upscale places said that one of the biggest questions at their meetings uh, of the employees is how to describe Scrapple to people who don't know what it is, huh. like in an appetizing mm-hmm. way. You know? Yeah. Um, according to him, if you put it in the same vein as pate or French charcuterie, uh, people are more on board, which I think is very telling. Yeah. Our yeah. attitudes around food. Sure, absolutely. Oh, it's it's by it's from poor people. Don't want it. It's by poor people in France. Give it to me. Like what? Yes. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, Ivan Ramen in New York has a Scrapple waffle, Ooh. which is apparently very Instagrammable and critically acclaimed. I mentioned this because pretty much every article I read mentioned huh. this. Huh. <laughs> yes. And there are a few Scrapple festivals like Philadelphia's Scrapple Fest and Delaware's Bridgeville Apple Scrapple Festival. (laughs) That's fun to say. Mm -hmm. Which attracts about 25,000 visitors in a non-pandemic year, of course. Uh, Yeah, yeah. A a leading Scrapple brand, uh, Rapa, is from that town. Rapa? I've never heard this said out loud before. Huh. No, but now I I recently was thinking about, (laughs) is it Barapa the Rapa? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah. So there you go. That's how I pronounced it in my head. <laughs> cool. Uh, there is a Scrapple beer and a Scrapple vodka. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Dogfish Head made a uh, rap- Rappa 
Heck, uh, I, I know that no matter how I say it, I'm going to be saying it wrong and someone mm-hmm. is going to write in angry and I'm so sorry. Um, but yeah, <laughs> that stuff infused a stout called Beer for Breakfast. Um, and then uh, this distillery called uh, Painted Stave Distilling out of Delaware um, made uh, an off-the-hoof vodka, um, which is flavored with uh, with Scrapple and Scrapple seasonings during the second distillation. Like, like the same way that you make gin, you're, you're essentially making like a like a vodka tea, um, mm-hmm. but you know with scrapple instead of like gin herbs and spices. <laughs> yeah, and apparently it like quickly became the most popular product in their portfolio. Um, this was around 2017. I haven't followed up, but I love this. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I have to say, people are very passionate. The people in the scrapple know are very passionate about it. They love it. Mm -hmm. And it's really funny. Even I was just like, I wanted to put in Scrapple, no other word in Google and see what came up. Uh And like the second page, I think it was was like Atlanta people trying to get a hold of Scrapple. Like, where? (laughs) tell me where I can find Scrapple. I need it. (laughs) So people, people seem to really dig it. Um. Yeah, it it is a polarizing food. I think that and I think that there's there's this like this like lingering um, uh, bias against it, um, where you know kind kind of the same way that people have a lingering bias against uh, against any kind of awful product, mm-hmm. um, where it's like oh organ meat gross, um, right. but uh, but those things are delicious. Yeah, I very much want to try it. I have to say, mm-hmm. <sighs> mm-hmm. one day. <laughs> but in the meantime, we do have some history for you. We do, but first we've got a quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a golf course. 70 courses. Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursion? Time for chill vibes. Beach How about a garden tour? Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this, I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. 
big screen. I want to be remembered for just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. So, loaves made of various cuts of meat go way back. Mm-hmm. Yes, like before ancient Rome. Oh, yeah. But we're not really going to dig into that today. I feel like we've discussed it in various episodes, though. Oh, sure. Yeah, at the very least in the burger episode, we would have touched on that. Yeah, right. Um, but today, Scrapple. Scrapple, in particular, arrived in what would become Philadelphia from Germany. And the German scrapple-making tradition goes back to the 16th century. It was often a part of uh, pig-butchering rituals in rural areas where, like, everything but the oink, as they say, Hmm. um, basically every part of the pig that didn't end up in sausage or bacon went into blood puddings or black puddings or in scrapple. It was a way to save money and stretch food out to make it last longer by using every part of the pig. Yeah, and getting, like, all the meat off the bones um, and all that stuff. You know, it's the, the, the same way whenever you make a, a soup or a broth. You're, you're right. from, and, you know, if you're using a chicken to make a chicken soup, then you're basically doing the same thing. Right. Um, And since cornmeal wasn't available in Europe, uh, this early German version didn't use it, but frequently it used uh, buckwheat in its place, which also helped it last longer, um, along with savory spices like sage. One of the popular German names for this dish, uh, Panhas, translates to pan rabbit, which I love. Yeah, and this makes me wonder if it's like, if it's like, um a cousin to the idea of a Welsh rabbit, which mm. is this like this like kind of long diss on Welsh people in multiple ways because it doesn't involve any rabbit. This is like melty cheese on yeah. toast. Um, mm. But rabbit at the time was considered a poor people's food, but the Welsh were like so poor they can't even eat rabbit. Um, mm. So so I wonder. Yeah. If that's like a similar etymology right. or if it's just a coincidence and totally unrelated. Yeah. I mean, that would make sense because the Germans, as we've discussed before, are usually so like on the nose with their name. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's what it is. <laughs> what I understand, Rabbit wasn't involved in this. Um, no, I don't so. think so. Yeah, I don't think so. When German immigrants settled in the Pennsylvania area, uh, their meatloaf traditions collided with similar traditions of English colonists that were already there, um, and the buckwheat replaced or supplemented the cornmeal, and in general, available ingredients were used, um, and many people making it left out the blood. Yeah, and uh, the switch away from blood might have been due to, uh, to Philadelphia sugar refineries calling for pig's blood for for use in their manufacturing process. Like, during one of the clarifying steps, don't worry, the sugar at the end of the process <laughs> didn't have any blood in it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, yeah, so so thus, um, blood, which would have traditionally been, um, been like a, like a, like a waste product from mm. the butchering that you can use as a food product, um, would have gone from being a food product to a, to a cash product, so... Yes. Uh, The English also influenced the name change to Scrapple 
though some German immigrants, particularly in rural areas, kept the German name, from what I understand, uh, still to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, the word Scrapple first showed up in the written record in the 1820s. But okay, <laughs> why the name Scrapple? <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> As is so often the case, <laughs> no one is entirely sure. Mm-hmm. Um, According to food historian William Oyes Weaver, it's a combination of the English word scrapple, which referred to kitchen tools in the shape of a spade, or uh, leftover food scraps, and the German word for a slice of scrapple, panhaskrapel. Uh, another possible explanation is that the, the name is an English invention chosen for a product made of what they viewed as possibly dubious meat scraps. Mm-hmm. I have to say, again, I don't know why I thought it was an apple dessert, but I never put together, like, the scrap part. Yeah, yeah. It's a scrapple, (laughs) which I told Lauren is so fun to say. Um, Woyce Weaver also astutely noted, quote, change the name to polenta nera, or black polenta, or polenta made with buckwheat. You can sell scrapple in any upscale restaurant. Yep. Uh, He wrote a book on Scrapple in 2003 called Country Scrapple, so he knows what he's talking about. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. Whatever the case, Scrapple got swept up in industrialization by the mid-1800s, thanks in part to larger urban populations that weren't slaughtering their own pigs, necessarily, and an increased demand for industrialized foods due to the Civil War. The first company to commercially mass-produce Scrapple was Haberset Pork Products in Pennsylvania in 1863. Uh, Production for some companies that mass-produced Scrapple reached up to 1,000 pounds a week. Mm -hmm. Dang. A few cookbooks and newspaper articles also printed recipes and tips for Scrapple around this time, including Elizabeth Ellicott Lee's 1869 cookbook, Domestic Cookery. And this was the recipe from there. Take eight pounds of scraps of pork that will not do for sausage. Boil it in four gallons of water. When tender, chop fine. Strange the liquor (laughs) or liquor and pour it back into the pot. Put in the meat. Season it with sage, summer savory, salt and pepper to taste. Stir in a quart of cornmeal. After simmering a few minutes, thicken it with buckwheat flour. Very thick. Very thick. That was (laughs) emphasis me. I like summer savory. Oh, savory is an herb. So summer savory is a specific type of savory as opposed to yeah. winter growing savory. Yeah. This sounds like a clue character, though. <laughs> 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 I like it. Uh, um, a fun and probably not true story. Hmm. Credits Scrapple with the creation of Labor Day. <laughs> uh, Legend has it that a union member in Philadelphia's Ponhaus Packers by the name of Rasher Liverberg, which when I read that name, I was like, I don't know about this. <laughs> I'm already a little suspicious. Yeah, uh-huh. But that would be excellent. Oh, so excellent if true. Rasher Liverberg. Um, he called for a day off in September uh, when members of the union could enjoy their product, their scrapple, in 1879. And I guess it worked out, at least in this story, because, quote, enjoy your Scrapple Labor Day became a yearly tradition at Scrapple factories. And from there, it spread to other companies, and Labor Day was officially a thing nationwide in 1894. 
Again, I, uh, I have my doubts. <laughs> I have my doubts. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that the invention of Labor Day was related to, like, a really tragic riot from 1886. Um, but yeah, certainly during the time, uh, <laughs> conversations about a Labor Day were occurring. Conversations were occurring. They were being had. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, in 1872, several letters graced the New York Times about Scrapple. Uh, pros and cons. Someone called it a poor man's meat, while another wrote, a positive luxury, throwing the Frenchman's pâté de foie gras entirely into the shade. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. I, I love I, the article I was reading that was talking about this. The person described it as, like, ye old Twitter feed. <laughs> And it was just like <laughs> like hashtag <laughs> hashtag oh, scrapple that's for yeah. <laughs> A 1909 article from the Montreal Gazette claimed that folks from Pittsburgh, quote, must pretend to enjoy Scrapple, but also that Scrapple-fed children in the country are healthier and make progress at school. Yeah, there was apparently, and I couldn't really track down, um, and I, to be fair, I did not uh, purchase and read um, any of the multiple books that I've heard about that talk about Scrapple, um, but uh, but it seems like there was this real cultural movement in the late 18 and early 1900s talking about this dish and, like, whether it was, like, worthy <laughs> to be eaten. <laughs> And like whether it was like 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 worthy of the adoration that it was receiving, mm-hmm. um, but but it was picked up by some like fancy hotels, including the Waldorf Astoria, around the turn of the twentieth century, listed on menus as either Scrapple or Philadelphia Scrapple, like alongside like Beluga caviar and like lobster cocktail and like imported cheeses. Ah, uh, wow. <laughs> Although this this trend seems to have petered out by um, the end of the 19-teens. Uh, as, as part of all of this, uh, in 1905, there was this essay that appeared in the New York Sun. There's mul- uh, we're, we're about to enter into multiple Scrapple poems, y'all. Oh, my gosh. Gird yourselves. Um, <laughs> So, so this 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 essay from the New York Sun said, um, "The Pennsylvania Dutch have many solid and useful qualities, and one of the most engaging languages known to man. As the inventors of Scrapple, they have conferred upon Philadelphia and the rest of the world a priceless boon. Ooh. O flower of all the flavors, O queen of all the savors, that e'er to happy nostrils deliciously have rolled." My soul with rapture shivers when I see the perfect slivers of kidney blent with livers, the scrapple hot or cold. I adore it. I absolutely adore it. I feel moved, <sighs> Lauren. Right? It's moving. It is. I, I, yeah, although food poetry is one of my, legitimately one of my favorite things. So. <laughs> <laughs> um... Yeah, uh, no less than H.L. Mencken uh, wrote in 1906 in the Baltimore Sun, The scrapple season dawns upon us with its ravishing perfumes. For the brief month following the falling of the leaves, it is the king victual and master ailment of the great plain people. 
Wow, ravishing perfumes, queen of all the savers. Yeah, yeah. Um, a, a lot, a lot of this is sort of talking about, um, especially in communities that would have been slaughtering a bunch of hogs. Um, you know, if if you've if you're cooking down a bunch of meat stuff into a broth, it gives off mm-hmm. a scent. Um, yes, and uh, and and it might to some un- people unfamiliar with it um, be a little bit off-putting. But once you know what, like, the product that you're going to get out of it is, like, I don't know, it can be very, very enticing. Mm. Um, Also in 1906, this ode to Scrapple appeared in the uh, Philadelphia Inquirer. The world is all a fleeting show since Adam ate the apple. Its smiles of joy, its tears of woe. Deceitful shine, deceitful flow. There's nothing true but Scrapple. (laughs) It's beautiful. It really wow. <laughs> I didn't know Scrapple could inspire such beautiful poetry. <laughs> Nothing true but Scrapple. Nothing true but Scrapple. Um, <laughs> Wise words. Gosh. Um, and so thus, uh, uh, Scrapple and, and, and various variations on Scrapple spread throughout the Middle Atlantic, uh, Pennsylvania, Maryland, Delaware, New Jersey, and Virginia, and as far out as, like, Ohio and Illinois. Um, Rappa founded their manufacturing plant in Bridgeville in 1926. It stands for um, Ralph and Paul Adams, um, which were the names of the brothers who started it. And apparently both them and uh, Haberset have been owned by um, this Wisconsin meat processing company called Jones Dairy Farm, since the 1980s, but also apparently, like, family experts at both brands oversee the very separate and different recipes. Or not very different, but, like, mm-hmm. like you know, different enough, yeah. Um, Amy Strauss, who is the author of the 2017 book, Pennsylvania Scrapple, A Delectable History, um, she said that, uh, that the making of Scrapple is sort of like making whiskey because you've got these flavor masters – monitoring the product for consistency and quality over time. <laughs> Flavor masters making whiskey. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, she she compared these these like these like scrapple experts to like master distillers, but for scrapple. That's excellent. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Uh, around the turn of the 21st century, the first festival celebrating Scrapple started taking place, and not just in Pennsylvania. Yeah, yeah, that, uh, that Bridgeville, uh, Apple Scrapple Festival started up in 1992 with only, uh, 2,500 visitors, and yeah, now it's up over, over 20,000. Um, it was canceled in 2020, um, is hoping to run in 2021, and yes, there is indeed a Little Miss Apple Scrapple pageant for five to eight-year-olds. Apple Scrapple sounds like a My Little Pony character. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh, it does. I want yes. that pony. Yes. Heck. Somebody. Somebody get on it. <laughs> yeah. And right, yeah, uh, as you were sa- saying, Annie, um, Scrapple is enjoying a bit of a comeback as part of, like, the the head-to-tail movement and also the, like, elevated comfort food trend. Um, it's even shown up on menus on the West Coast. Whoa. Right? Mm-hmm. Wild. Wild. Very wild. <laughs> I did enjoy hearing, I think I read one article where um, it was just a bunch of interviews with chefs who were making it, mm-hmm. trying to describe it, and I loved hearing them <laughs> do it in a way that was so, like, 
you've got your hands up and you're like, you're like, hear me out. (laughs) (laughs) I know it can be gray and it doesn't look super appetizing all the time. (laughs) I promise you. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. 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 Depending on those ingredients, it can, it can range from, um, uh, from kind of like, like a, like a deep brown in color, um, like a, almost like a brown bread, um, uh, to, to kind of grayish if you've got more buckwheat in there, um, to a little bit lighter, uh, if, I mean, also depending on, uh, cornmeal content and all, all kinds of things. So yeah. So when right. you, when you fry it up, it can either look a little bit gray or kind of golden and anywhere in between. <laughs> I've I really I'm really glad that listeners suggested this and you yeah. chose it because I had no idea and I've really enjoyed learning about it and yes I want to try it I'm glad it's having some sort of a moment yeah it means I might be able to get my hands on some yeah yeah I need to I need to check um, if uh, if any of these places that um, that manufacture it will ship it out here. I mean, there, there's plenty of really reasonable-looking recipes online too um, for uh, stuff incorporating uh, stuff like uh, like pork spare ribs um, or something like that that are a good mm-hmm. like shortcut to to toss in a whole hog head into a thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, maybe I think this is one of our most requested topics of all time. Oh, really? Huh. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I, I mean, because we get requests all over the board, right? But to get like I would say six or seven for Scrapple is pretty impressive. <laughs> so maybe one of those listeners can hook us up. Where? Do we go? <laughs> oh, hey, hey! If we haven't offended all of you by our oh, potential gosh. mispronunciations, I'm y'all. Like we usually look stuff up, but but as, as as I'm sure everyone listening to this is experiencing, like there's just a lot going on this week, and sometimes things <laughs> slip by. Uh, <laughs> Today it was Scrapple-related pronunciations. Sorry. I'm sorry. We, I mean, we do have very interesting to-do list. That's for sure. Um, always. 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 Absolutely. Uh, yeah, so thanks to all the listeners who did write in and suggest this for a topic. Uh, this is the end of our Scrapple episode for now, but we do have some listener mail for you. We do, but first we've got one more quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Let's hit it. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a wave. Surfing. Give me a city tour. The trolley. Give me animals. The zoo. Give me some sea life. <laughs> Give me museums. Park. Give me a woo. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. And we're back with listener mail. <laughs> I could explain the very convoluted reason I did that, but no one would get it. Basically, it's a Seinfeld reference. Great. Um, Into that it. has to do with Snapple and oh. also getting stuff stuck in your head. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> yes, yes. That's a deep, that's a deep cut. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Vivian wrote... I can't express how excited I was to see this episode pop up. Narnia is among my most treasured reading adventures, the unfortunate racist and sexist elements notwithstanding. Hmm. Really appreciate that you pointed out all the problematic areas while still enjoying some of the best children's fantasy ever written to my mind. My obsession occurred in elementary school and was such that I would read the books in the shower— Yes, they got a little soggy. <laughs> I was one of those students who would secretly read books uh, under my desk in math class. Yeah, uh, okay. yeah. <laughs> to facilitate this, I did something sacrilegious. I tore pages out of my book. Huh. But let me explain. My parents had bought me the books as one volume set bound together. I think it was from Costco, which, as you may imagine, was quite a brick to haul to school for an eight-year-old. I wound up extracting two or three of the individual books out so that I could read and reread them during long, boring elementary school days. Unlike Lauren, I wasn't really analyzing them for literary <laughs> technique. I read for sheer pleasure. I didn't realize that Aslan was Jesus until I reread them in middle school after a few years of not reading them. Thinking back, it's possible that I started reading Narnia before I knew what Christianity was. Mm -hmm. At the time, I felt a little betrayed. Mm -hmm. I had thought the plot of LWW so original, and then to find out that it was based on the Bible was disappointing. Aww. But maybe it was a harbinger of my later supernatural obsession. <laughs> Season four onwards is basically Book of Revelations <laughs> fan fiction. Yes. Uh, speaking of which, might I inquire what characters featured in Annie's Narnia fanfic? Yes. It was Peter and Edmund, brother bonding. Aww. Uh, one shot. Yep. Aww. <laughs> Okay. She continues. <laughs> Since I didn't realize that Aslan was Jesus, I similarly didn't realize that the emperor over the sea was the Christian god. The only emperors that child me knew were the Chinese ones, and I did associate China with, quote, over the sea. Side fun fact, Chinese immigrants who later returned to China are dubbed sea turtles. Hence, for many years, I was left puzzling over how a Chinese emperor had a talking lion for a son. <laughs> 
Yeah, fair. Um, <laughs> finally, a bit of Narnia food I don't think you mentioned. In Prince Caspian, there's a vivid passage on the forest feast that the Pevensies and Trump can consume. Apple wrapped with bear meat roasted over fire. Ever since then, I've wanted to try bear meat. It would probably disappoint me if I ever did, uh, like Turkish Delight, though I did once have a very good pistachio Turkish Delight given to me by a friend who'd vacationed in Turkey. But I've never forgotten about it in all these years. Oh, you're right. Now now I, I viscerally remember that passage. Um, uh, they're, uh, yeah, they're, they're in the woods and they're hungry and, they, and they've... Uh, found these apples and uh, Prince Caspian kind of is like, oh man, I've got this bear meat. And uh, it, it's described as being kind of like like greasy and a little bit terrible, but also like so <laughs> amazingly good. And it is yeah. in fact that passage that has made me want to eat like roast apples all my life. And I've always been disappointed when I eat them, maybe mm-hmm. because they're not wrapped in bear meat. I don't know. Could I'm be. always I'm always like, this is fine, but like... It's not Narnia good. It's not like Narnia good. Maybe I'm just not eating those good Narnia apples. Maybe that's That's it. That's true. Also, I think this is very contextual. I think, like, (laughs) a lot of it would depend on your state of mind. Are you outside? Are you with friends? Like, what's your worry level? Like, how hungry are you? Yeah. I, I think several factors go into play for a dish like this. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, huh. Uh, Chad and Lauren wrote, We found several quiche recipes in the local newspaper, selected Julia Childs, of course, and dove right in. The only real issue was debating who was going to make it. We loaded this one with caramelized onions, bok choy, and leftover pork chop that we cubed and crisped prior to baking. We're looking forward to enjoying this with some bubbly for New Year's. We're sharing the anticipatory almost-out-of-the-oven photo. Also, as you can see, I won the debate since I wanted to experience the impact to my manliness. Um, why is that even still a thing? We all eat food. We all need food. And most of all, we should continue to celebrate those who make food. And I can share <laughs> that making this quiche only increased how proud I am of being me and my cooking skills. Plus, what can go wrong when the recipe calls for two cups of heavy cream? Agreed on all points. I... <laughs> I'm so happy to hear that you made it and you felt good about yourself. Yeah. You, that is a sense of accomplishment when you oh. make a dish and you're like, oh, this is good. This is going to be good. And it turns out and you're like, yeah. oh, man, I have created food. <laughs> like, yes. It's so- <laughs> yes. It's wonderful. And that sounds delicious. And yeah. having it with uh, bubbles. Oh, my gosh. Oh, right. Great. great. Right. Um, Heck. I hope it was uh, as wonderful as it sounds and that you had a lovely New Year's. Absolutely. Yes. Um, thanks to both of those listeners for writing in. If you would like to write to us, you can. Our email is hello at saverpod.com. We are also on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at saverpod, and we do hope to hear from you. Saver is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can visit the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thanks, as always, to our super producers, Dylan Fagan and Andrew Howard. Thanks to you for listening. We hope that lots more good things are coming your way. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. 
So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Let's hit it. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a wave. Surfing. Give me a city tour. The trolley. Give me animals. The zoo. Give me some sea life. <laughs> Give me museums. Park. Give me a woo. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.